gosh, we're back. Ryan Mackey right there. Steven Diener right here. Welcome to No Name Defense, Miami Dolphins podcast. It has been a solid month. It feels like a year since we got to do this show, but welcome back in here as training camp has begun. Mr. Mackey, how are you? Doing great, buddy. Uh, I should ask how you're doing. Uh, it's been a, a pretty interesting past couple of weeks for you, my friend. Oh we've, my gosh! We've gone through some struggles, but we've on. You've also gone through some celebrations. So um, <laughs> that's true. How have you? How have you been? I'm good. Finally, there was a lot of uh, COVID. You know, man, everybody's getting freaking COVID right now. There's always some type of new strain or you know mutation or whatever the heck is going on with this thing. So I ended up getting that. Then the family got it, and then. So we're hanging out there and the schedule's been crazy this summer with, you know, babysitters and stuff like then my sister's wedding was last week. So now here we are. It's yes. Congratulations to my sister, Rosemary. Great time. It was awesome. We had an awesome time, but I am happy to get back into routine here to our schedule, regularly scheduled programming, which is this podcast here with you, this Miami Dolphins podcast, where at least now if we talk about timing, Pretty good timing to come back after that hiatus when literally the day that training camp begins for the Miami Dolphins. So, Mackie, football's back. Football's back, and we are inching closer, as we were talking about before we went live, that preseason is just a couple of weeks away. We're finally here. This is what we've been waiting for, and expectations and our belief in this team couldn't be any higher. It couldn't be any greater. Uh, We are... We are in the. We completely won the off season, and now it's just time to get the pads cracking and show it on the field. Side note: When you say that we won the off season, I actually saw a pundit expert talk about how the Jets had the best off season, and I was just like, "Okay, if you say so." Now they had a good draft. They did. I'll give them that. They did, but. Not sure they had a better offseason than the Miami Dolphins. I'm just just throwing no. that out there. And they also missed out on Tyreek Hill, which we'll talk a bit, little bit about yeah. later on the show. So it's, uh, yes, Jets had a very good draft, but the offseason belongs to the Miami Dolphins. That's right. So now that the offseason is over, it's officially over, training camp has begun. And like you said, Mackie, we're going to get into some Tyreek Hill stuff. A little bit. Ryan Clark versus Tyreek Hill. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, A lot of news and notes heading into training camp. Guys who are healthy, new guys who are signing. What does it mean for other players on the team? And then how about some disrespect on the defensive side of the ball? I know we always talk about disrespect on the offensive side of the ball with Tua, but there's actually someone that we want to key into today that isn't talked about that we realized, wait a minute, how are you disrespecting this guy this badly? So we'll get into that a little bit later. Of course, finish off with the pick six. And the USA Today, Mackie, has come out with their predictions for the 2022 season. And I have a feeling that um, we're not going to agree with them. Let me just put it that way. No, the national disrespect continues um, for these Miami Dolphins. And we're going to get into each and every one of these so we could pretty pretty much make fun of all these predictions. I can't wait. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can't wait either. So let's let's jump into training camp right now because, it, like we said, it, it started today. We're going to see a lot of different news and notes that come out throughout the day. We're going to see our really first, you know, big press conference from Mike McDaniel after the first day of training camp. Now, there's been training camp going on since last week. I know we're gonna, we'll get comments. Oh, you guys don't know what you're talking about. They've been in training camp since last week. That's rookies. I'm talking about the whole team is there now. 
And, you know, the, really the preseason, if you want to say, has gotten underway for the Miami Dolphins at this point. So what do you think, Mackie, some expectations in your mind heading into uh, this 2022 season as, as we begin to prepare for or the first games? Well, you and I are big trenches, guys, Diener. Mm. We love the the battle of the trenches. And I think that this offensive line is going to take a complete 180 from last year. We, we talked about the Armstead signing. Connor Williams was also an, a big addition for this team. I'm really excited to see how this offensive line performs because it all starts with them. Everybody is putting you know this big focus on Tua, but how long could this offensive line protect him for? But Dolphins, one of the big things they did this offseason is really take care of their own. So on the defensive line, we re-signed Emmanuel Ogba, big contract. Uh, We also have Andrew Van Ginkle heading into a contract year. You and I are extremely excited about the rise of of Jalen Phillips, who should be one of the biggest and best sack artists this year for the Miami Dolphins. So both sides of the line, extremely excited about. But there's also other position battles that we'll talk a little bit later on the show that we're all ready for it. Um, yeah. We finally have a loaded wide receiver room, running back room, and there's just nothing but exciting things for this franchise. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of excitement. Probably the most excitement uh, surrounding the Dolphins' opening of a training camp. I would, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say this. Probably in the past 20 years. Yeah. Right? I mean, because look, there's been expectations within the past 20 years. You know, some of the Ryan Tannehill teams where we went to the playoffs, you know, Chad Pennington winning the AFC East. So there's been different expectations and excitement for different reasons. But this is the most hype that has surrounded the Dolphins and the highest expectations and the high, and the biggest moment of show me, prove it. You've had all the talk all offseason. Now it's time to get on the field and prove it. So I think that's the... It's the biggest moment for them with in that area. I would say in the past twenty years, since you're talking, you know, Jay Fiedler, Ricky Williams going to the playoffs, you know, leading rusher in the league. I, I really think, yeah, it's it's been about twenty years since we've seen a, a generation. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, it's been a generation since we've seen the this type of expectation going into training camp for this team. I mean, this is the best team on paper for, like you said, two thirds of our life. Yeah, this it's it's yeah. really and it's a track star team on both sides of the ball. Well, uh, we've gotten to the offense. The defense is just as locked and ready and loaded to to show what they could do on that side of the ball. Yep. And one thing that I, you know I'm extremely excited about is just just the team's overall speed, but not just the speed, but how they really feel. And shout out to Tyreek Hill for giving us this soundbite symphony Man, over the past mach- couple of weeks. Just I a mean, content machine. <laughs> content machine. I uh, and it. I I just love his, his approach and everything that he's done since being traded over to the Miami Dolphins. I, I'm extremely excited about this team. And y- you talked about compa- some previous comparisons. I was talking with a buddy of mine, and I think the the main difference about this Dolphins team is yes, they're they're loaded on paper, but it, the the unknown makes it that much more enjoyable. And here's why: when Peyton Manning, um, when he had Adam Gase as an offensive coordinator, Adam Gase brought you know that quarterback guru, offensive uh, minded coach to Miami. Everybody had these high expectations for Ryan Tannehill. Because you heard about all the good things that Peyton Manning said about Adam Gase. 
Uh, it didn't really work out, though. The same thing happened with Joe Philbin. Aaron Rodgers, you know, went on board and said Joe Philbin is one of the the best coaches in the league, and he's gonna he's gonna work wonders for Miami. So, but what you realize, what you have to realize is that these offensive coordinators worked with Hall of Fame quarterbacks. This is a different type of situation right. with Mike McDaniel because he's coming from he's he wasn't with Peyton Manning, he wasn't with Aaron Rodgers, he was with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he took the 49ers, he and Kyle Shanahan took that Niners team to to heights that nobody really expected. Mm-hmm. But but now he gets to work with Tua, and we could finally say that the quarterback to head coach support is there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's night and day. When it comes to how Brian Flores approached the team and the philosophy and things like that, you know, the morale of the team to what Mike McDaniel is doing. I mean, you've seen it already before training camp even began. And so I think that's that's the main thing going to this. Obviously, expectations are there for Tyreek and Tua. Of course, that's going to be the main storyline. That's going to be the thing that we pay attention to as well as the national media, because that's going to be, you know, all over the place. It's easy. I mean, it's easy content and it's it's easy picking. So that's going to be the thing that's paid attention to the most by the national media. We're gonna you know dive into some different things because we actually are creative, unlike some people in the national media who are just lazy and just say give lazy takes and lazy content. So we're gonna focus on a lot of other things, but of course, the biggest storyline. No, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like it isn't, is, of course, going to be Tyreek and Tua. How do they match? How does Tua play? And Tua in general. And I think you said it best, too, when it comes to the offensive line. Tua can be Dan Marino, but guess what? Dan Marino had a really good offensive line. So he had time to throw. Yes, he had one of the quickest releases of all time, so that helped, too. But he also did have time to throw, for the most part, during his career, so that's going to be a huge thing to see how it plays out, how the offensive line comes together, like you said, with Taron Armstead, Connor Williams, some of the new additions there, and you know how they make sure that they're not going to get Tua killed and give him more than two seconds to throw. So that's a huge, huge storyline, of course. And a lot of these guys with second and third year opportunities, like the Austin Jacksons, the, yeah. Liam, the Liam Eikenbergs, they're getting another shot at redemption. Uh, they're with... The, the Dolphins, one thing that they did is surround themselves with offensive line-minded coaches. So to see their development and how they progress is going to be a really, really big story for 2022. And if so, I, yeah, again, just to kind of wrap that up, the biggest thing for me is going to be, okay, it's kind of put up, I hate to say this because it's so cliche, but it's it's kind of like put up or shut up, right? We've 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 spoken a lot. We've hyped yes. it up a lot. Tyreek Hill's hyped it up a lot. There's been a lot of things in the news about this team in the offseason. Now it's here. Okay? It's time. It's time to get on the field and start showing. I know it's training camp. It's not the game. Of course, I get it. And it's not even preseason. But it's it, this is the point now where you start to build that foundation toward it. And you start to show people, okay, here's what we got. Here's a little sample of what you can look forward to starting in, you know, late August, early September when these things really start to matter. So that's that's the biggest thing for me. It's it's like we're finally here. It's no more talk. It's time to do the talking on the field now. And I have to give a lot of credit to Chris Greer because in one offseason overnight, he's turning this team into a legitimate contender. I know that's we fair. haven't taken the we haven't taken the field yet, but expectations are a lot higher than yep. they were in, you know, from like last year with Coach Flores, where all the things that were happening inside the locker room, 
the, the, the stage is set. Now it's time for our team to perform. Now, if you want to go see this live, uh, Mackie has the schedule. So how do, we, how do we get out there, Mackie? I know you got all the information there. Yes. So for the, the, the training camp is open to the public, which actually starts on Saturday. This Saturday, July 30th, is your first chance to see the Miami Dolphins live in action, cool. full pads in training camp. So very exciting times for fans ahead. And there's actually going to be eight open practices to the public. I'll go ahead and read them. So training camp opens to the public July 30th, mm-hmm. um, uh, August 2nd, August 3rd. Those That's Tuesday and Wednesday, okay. Friday, August 5th, Saturday, August 6th, 6th. So there's a couple back-to-backs in there, Sunday, August 7th. And then there's a couple weeks where they're playing. Uh, they have to go to Philly and go to Tampa to right. do that one those exhibition games with uh, Tampa and Philadelphia. And then Wednesday is August 24th. And then Thursday before the end of preseason, uh, the last time you could see the the team is August 25th. Okay. So So it goes that late. Eight practices open to the public. Cool. Exciting times ahead. I like it. And now, now that's not the only information that you have because we've, of course, two is always going to be a main topic on this show all the time, good or bad, hopefully mostly yes. good. <laughs> so, but we always, you and I, if you've never heard the show or watched it on, on YouTube, because I guess it's a good time to say if you're listening to this at any point, you could always go to YouTube and search No Name Defense Miami Dolphins podcast and you'll find the show. We do the show live. As you're listening now, I know it might be you know a few hours later or a couple days later, whatever. But as you're listening, it's good to know that when we actually do this, we are doing it live on YouTube. So if you ever want to jump on, you just subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's on my own personal channel. You'll see there for Stephen Diener. And you can always subscribe and get the alerts when we come on to start to do this. Usually it's Wednesday around 1030 or, or 11 in the morning Eastern time depending on where you listen. so But of course, if you're just listening in podcast form, you find it anywhere with Apple and Spotify. It's always going to be on foxsports640.com. So feel free to jump on uh, wherever. And you always leave us comments too, especially on YouTube. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity to get involved with the conversation. It's exactly. And who wouldn't want to see Diener smashing pens, throwing chairs, and me biting microphones? There's just there's so much going on, not just in the on the audio version on foxsports640.com, but also on YouTube. So Go out, like, subscribe, and keep following us. Those are not exaggerations. All of those things you mentioned happened. So, <laughs> and one of them might happen today. We'll see. Yeah. I, I've lost. I've lost many pens doing this show. It's just a- a- absolutely. I have a yeah. feeling another pen is about to go because uh, we'll get into Ryan Clark's comment a little bit later. Oh yeah, exactly. So before that. Because, of course, you know, if Ryan Clark is talking, it's going to be slander about Tua. So before we get into the slander, how about some of the positive? I know you and I off the, off the show, Mac, you were talking a little bit about some of the stats that, you know, the national media likes to conveniently forget or just overlook when it comes to Tua. And I thought these were really good, some of these numbers that you found on Tua, to put into perspective how much this guy just gets ignored when it comes to the really good things that he does. So... For one of the things that people like to do is just look at the the numbers at the end of the year. But one thing that we try to do is take a little bit closer of inside the real numbers and really talk about the entire story. So one thing that you, if you look at the the passing leaders of 2021, mm-hmm. you have to go all the way down to number 27 to find Tua, which 
makes him statistically one of the worst starting quarterbacks in terms of passing yards, uh, passing touchdowns. Didn't throw a whole lot of interceptions last year, but those are the main numbers that people kind of overblow and talk Mm -hmm. about those categories. Also worth to note, he was out, what, four games last year, right? Right. He was also out four games. So that we haven't really even seen Tua in his midseason or final form yet. So Tua finished last season with 2,653 passing yards, which went for 27, uh, 27 out of 32 starters. And one of the things that I, I was able to research, and this was actually a tweet by an NFL insider by the name of Warren Sharp. Uh, you oh, yeah. can follow him at Sharp Football. Yeah, he's good. Um, he posted something where it was a category, early down accuracy from clean pockets. That means ah. the offensive line is doing their job for once. And these are the quarterbacks that are listed in his top nine. He didn't list his 10th quarterback for some reason, but I don't think it matters at this point. So early down accuracy from clean pockets, according to NFL insider Warren Sharp. I'll start from number five. So number five, he has Matt Ryan. Number four, Ryan Tannehill. Number three is Jimmy Garoppolo. Number two is Kirk Cousins. And number one, your boy, number one, Tua Tungavailoa. How do you like that? There's a little uh, humble sauce, humble pie in the face, a little egg on the face of all the haters to say, hey, you know what? Tua actually is number one in one of these important categories. What's the category again? It's, it's worth repeating. Early down accuracy from okay. clean pockets. Which is funny because that's something that Tyreek Hill has mentioned. When it comes to, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. And well, I mean, you look there, early down accuracy with clean pockets. That's a pretty big stat when it comes, because look, if you get behind the eight ball, if it's third and eight, third and long, whatever, third and 12, more than likely you're going to end up punting. So it's huge if you can have that was early down accuracy, you know, Four yards on first down, another four yards on second down. Now you're at third and two, and that keeps a drive going rather than missing a pass on second down. Now you're stuck with third and eight. So those those stats are big. And now the clean pocket, of course, is always nice, but it's interesting to see what can be done when Tua does have more than two seconds to throw. I so mean, there were times last season, Diener, that Tua was getting nailed after taking two-step drops. Yep. That shouldn't happen where three of your offensive linemen are getting pancaked so bad yeah. that they're on the floor. So we've seen what he could do with a clean pocket, but this just goes to show you with time, he is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL right now. Sure. And of course the haters or, you know, the the detractors will come out and say, well, anybody can throw if they have time. And right. look, I, I get it. I understand that argument. If you want to come out there and say, well, you know, even guys who are garbage, if they have time, they can throw it. Well, guess what? Doesn't mean they're going to be accurate. Doesn't mean they're going to make the right read. Doesn't mean they're going to have the arm strength to make the throw. And Tua has all three. And I mentioned arm strength on purpose because he does have all three of those things. So even if you have all day to throw, you still have to be able to be a good quarterback and be able to make the throw. And that's what he does. Exactly. And getting a little bit more into Tua's season last year and a statistic what, which I found really interesting, not only was Tua the, the, had the highest accuracy from a clean pocket, but he also had the highest completion percentage inside the 20. So he was most huh. effective inside the red zone when the Dolphins actually got inside the red zone, and he threw 66% of his completions 
inside the 20, which was best in the NFL last season. I like that. And you know, with Tyree Kill, of course, Mike Gusecki doesn't hurt either being in the red zone. But with Tyree Kill, no. how many times have we seen him get touchdowns on a quick hook or a quick, uh, you know, in or out from Patrick Mahomes? I mean, it's money. Oh, it's, it is. And there's going to be so many creative uh, formations and options that they're going to be doing inside the red zone. Like, I know that Mike McDaniel's offensive oh. mind is going absolutely insane with all this speed and power and now power on, on yeah. the floor. And really, it comes down to this offensive line, but the creativity is going to be off the charts in this offense. And that's something that could really excite any Dolphin fan. Yeah, I can't wait to see what what that uh, the mastermind there cooks up on the offensive side. And maybe if it if it's really good, then maybe even someone like Ryan Clark might be able to come out and admit that he was wrong because this guy is really something else. Now, for the record, I actually like Ryan Clark. I, I think he's really good on TV. I like that he has strong opinions. I don't always agree, and that's fine. I don't always have to agree with you. I'm not looking no. to agree with you. I just look to see if I think you're wrong, then where can I make my argument? But when you come, just come out to slander a guy, that's what I don't like. And that's what Ryan Clark did. Actually, yesterday, this is just, I wasn't planning this. It just happened. Uh, maybe it was fate. I'm flipping through the channels, and, I'm, and I come across NFL Live. Of course, you know, everybody knows that show. So, and Ryan Clark is on that show. And they're showing a clip of Tyreek Hill talking on that show, Get Up, with uh, oh, Mike Greenberg. My stomach turned when I just said his name. Oh, with Mike Greenberg and, you know, those the, the clowns on that show. It's just a complete clown show. And Tyreek Hill's talking to them on there. And he's saying that Tua is not only more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, but he's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Now, he does have the stats to back up to say, yes, he is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. Maybe it's a matter of opinion at that point. You know, Tyreek talking him up a little bit, but also just, you know, saying what he's saying, right? Then you have Ryan Clark come out, and I saw this live. So that's, I'm just repeating what I heard. He says that Tyreek Hill is beginning to remind him of a husband who gets in trouble with his wife. So he's just trying to say anything he can to get back into her good graces and all these different things. And I'm thinking to myself, basically saying that he's overdoing it, that he doesn't even believe what he's saying anymore. And he's just trying to hype up his guy. and He doesn't believe what he's saying. And I'm sitting there like, this is just flat out disrespectful at this point. You can disagree. Again, I'm fine with disagreement. I'm fine with having arguments and debates. I'm all for that. But if you're just going to come out there and say, oh, this guy is just lying, essentially, and Tua's garbage, and we all know it, and he knows it, but he's just trying to talk him up, that's just slander, and that's just disrespect. And that, for me, is where you cross the line of just being unprofessional, honestly. That's garbage. That's garbage talk from Ryan Clark. There's a lot of irony coming from that statement because Ryan Clark is one of those guys like I I like him and I respect him as an analyst yes. but there's a lot of times where he makes bogus takes just to get a reaction from, right. from national national media. So you could look at Ryan Clark and and realize what he's doing is is way, yes, I understand that if you don't want to be on board with Tua, I get it, but you're doing the same thing if not worse by just continuously bashing 
of, of how a wide receiver feels about his quarterback. Like, what is Tyreek supposed to do? Is he supposed to go out there on, every, on, on national media or any interview or even his own podcast and bash his quarterback? It's not, gonna, right. it's not going to happen. He, he has taken a strong stance ever since he started that podcast, ever since he was traded to the Dolphins. He has shown his love, and he has showed his passion for his guy. I, I wanted to talk about right. one quote that I saw that I, that I heard from his podcast. It needed to be said. And I, I thought it was pretty funny. We could add it to the discussion. He, this is on uh, when Tyreek had two on. He goes, it's going to be about 2 a.m. one night. You're going to wake up, and I'm going to walk in your house, and I'm going to be in your kitchen doing the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just wants to show his love, respect, and that he has his, his quarterback's back. There's yes. nothing wrong with it. We talked about the last time we were on three weeks ago. We said, when has Tua ever received this much love, this much support, since he's basically been in the NFL, and the answer is never. Never. And he actually he's actually said that. He hasn't received this type of support in his entire career. Right. Through Pop Warner, through high school, yes. to of course Nick Saban in Alabama. That he's not yes. the most, you know, loving coach out there. Yes. And My- then Brian Flores, who's, you know, a wannabe, a wannabe Belichick, a wannabe Saban, and he just is not that guy. And now he's got a guy, Mike McDaniel, who's actually supporting him, who has his back, who praises him publicly. And you have one of the best receivers, top three, top five receiver in the game. I'll say top three in Tyreek Hill, who's coming out and talking you up and saying how much he believes in you. And that's the thing. Tyreek Hill is not going to come out. Remember, he came to the Dolphins because he believes everything he's saying about Tua. He believes in accuracy. He believes that he's really a a great quarterback. Otherwise, he could have gone to the Jets and made the same money. But he's looking at both teams and both franchises, both quarterbacks, and he wanted Tua and he wanted Miami. That's why he came here. He said it before. So he said he wants to play with the most accurate guy in the league. So that's why he came here. That's why he chose Miami. So he's not just going to say stuff to make it up or just, no. you know, to, to blow smoke up to his butt. He does believe the things that he's saying. Is he trying to hype him up a little bit? Sure. But it's not like he doesn't believe also what he's saying. Does that make sense? It, it does, and they asked him about the trade. You know, why Miami over the Jets? He goes, look, Zach Wilson is a dog, but I would rather play with the most accurate quarterback in the right. league. And I know people are overblowing this quote, but statistically speaking and just the relationship that, that Tyreek has built with Tua in this offseason, and you know, we, we all know the work that they're putting in You know, when, when the cameras are not on. He's just supporting his guy, and Tua finally has support, and I just find it funny because nobody believes in this guy that they're just trashing every Tyree Hill quote. But you know what? We, we've been saying it for a long time on this show. We got his back. I know we're not the only fans that think this, but the majority of the national media do not think that Tua is going to be a good quarterback. They don't think he's going to have a good season. They don't think the Dolphins are going to be successful because – for, for for any bogus reason that they say, but this is why we're on this show right now. We're saying that we have number ones back, and so does the most electric receiver in the league, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. And that's just, again, with, with you know national media and how they cover this team, it's easy. The Dolphins are that easy-to-pick-on team. Two is the easy-to-pick-on guy, so they're not going to go out of their comfort zone, and that's just what they do. You know, and that, that's because they're, they're lazy. So that's this just is- how it goes. This is a team that won that ha- that's had winning seasons in back to back years, and yeah. yes, I knew I know a lot of that was because of the defense and Brian Flores uh, really schemed well after we went one and seven, and but 
this offensive overhaul, this team overhaul, it, it just feels like the Dolphins are heading in a different direction. And it's I highly doubt they're going to take a step backwards. No, no, I don't see that happening. And actually, you bring up the defense, Mackie, and it's a good little segue here because we talk about disrespect all the time on the offensive side of the ball. But how about the defensive side of the ball? How about someone named, oh, I don't know, Xavier Howard, one of the best defensive players in the league, let alone cornerbacks, cover corners, one of the best defensive players in this league. And oh, you told me something oh. that startled me. What is going on with the disrespect of Xavier Howard? Oh, well, this, uh, Diener, I'm not sure if you're a, uh, do you play Madden at all? Let me, let me ask you that. I used to a lot. I haven't mm-hmm. in the past few years, but yeah, for sure. I mean, I know, you know, know all about it. So I haven't played, you become a dad, things happen. You can't play video games as much as you want to. I, I'm goes. sure you understand as, yes. as, you know, as best as anyone, but the uh, Madden 23, the cornerback ratings were released and obviously you can't be a player that's ranked hundred. So 99 is the best ranking. Right. So I wanted to read Madden's the, uh, the 23 uh, Madden 23's cornerback rating. And I want you to tell me who's not on this list. Okay. So, uh, I'll start with the top. So Jalen Ramsey was the highest rated corner in the game with a 98. Okay, overrated. Jalen Ra- Ramsey from the Rams, okay. <laughs> overrated. <laughs> um, <laughs> in, in second is Jair Alexander uh, for, for the Packers, who was rated a 94. Okay. Tredavious White, Tredavious White for the Bills, 93. Okay. Darius Slay Jr. for the Eagles at a 92. Interesting. Along with Denzel Ward at a 92. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore for the Saints, 91. Uh, Stephen, uh, Stephon Gilmore, 90 for wow. the Colts. Uh, J.C. Jackson from the Patriots is also a 90. Marlon Humphrey is also a 90. And it and the top 10 rounds out with A.J. Terrell from the Falcons at an 89. Diener, who is not on that list? Well, that can't be right. I mean, because you didn't mention uh, Xavier Howard in the in the top ten, so that can't be that list can't be right. Oh, oh, so you mean the cornerback that leads the league in interceptions over the last, let's say, one, two, three, five years? He's not in the top ten. Yeah, that's of... the wrong list. You got oh. you got the wrong list. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's I think that that's got to be it, right? You have the wrong list. It, it's it's got to be the wrong yeah. list. So <laughs> Xavier Howard was rated. Outside of this the top ten, I think he's ranked twelfth. With a, with a, with he was even eleven. No, Kendall Fuller is eleven. Kendall Fuller. <laughs> what? Of the, what of the Washington, co- the, the the newly named Washington Commanders. The stupid Commanders! Not even calling those. You know what? I'm just gonna keep calling them the Washington Football Team. Stupid <laughs> Commanders. Kendall Fuller. So not only did they not put Xavier yeah. Howard. In the top 10, which he should be in the top five. If you know yes. anything about football, Xavier Howard is a top five cornerback in the league. He's a top 10, not only a top 10 cornerback in the league, but a top 10 defensive player in the league. Okay? Oh, so let's go course. ahead and get that straight. So not only is he left out of the top 10 cornerbacks <laughs> in the league, but they put Kendall Fuller in front of him. That's so they, Kendall- they don't put him at 10. And just to have one little bit more of disrespect, one little bit extra dose of disrespect, they they figure, let's not even put him at 11. Let's put him at 12. Are you serious with this? And and not only that, but like Stefan Gilmore. No. Stefan Gilmore is on his third team in three years. And you're saying that he's a better player 
a better rated player than Xavier Howard. It just doesn't make sense. AJ Terrell, Kendall Fuller, JC Jackson, Stephon uh, Gilmore, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, and Denzel Ward are not better than Xavier Howard. A guy that is an interception machine, a guy that has been labeled as a shutdown corner, since he's really taken the starting position, you only give this man an 88, which it's funny because guess who's right under him? <laughs> I can't even imagine at this point. <laughs> Byron Jones at an 87. See, now that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Byron Jones, that's a good spot for him. Xavier Howard is... <laughs> Significantly better than Byron Jones. I'm sorry. He is. He is, and that's no disrespect to no, Byron Jones. No. But those two are not. They should not be rated next to each other. There's, there's Gosh. absolutely no reasoning for that. Whether you're talking about video game world or, or in reality, Xavier Howard, like you said, top five corner. The disrespect of putting him at number freaking twelve, not even in the top ten of the right. video game ranking, is otherworldly. This list is absolutely preposterous. What Madden has done here, or the, the people at Madden have done here, is shameful. It's asinine. It's uneducated. It just looks silly. They look silly. Like, they have to know that they look silly, right? How this do is why have- I don't play Madden anymore. <laughs> I don't play Madden anymore for these stupid, stupid rankings. I don't even want to talk about the wide receiver rankings that come out. Come out but if you're a, a Madden video game player, it's just preposterous i can't even put this into words on why Xavier howard the guy who has led the the league once again in interceptions <laughs> over the last five years is listed not even in the top 10 oh you I'm, gotta I'm, love I'm it i'm done you gotta love it man that's all i can say it, i i don't even want to know where they have Tua. like we're not even venturing into those waters because if i look at that they'll probably have chris sims ahead of Tua. Like that's, <laughs> i think like that's where we are now yeah, that's, Chris Sims is Chris Sims is doing the Madden rankings. That's right. Yes, that's who it is. It's Chris Sims and Colin Cowherd. They're sitting there <laughs> typing. Ooh, this will make Dolphins fans angry. We'll put Xavier Howard, one of the best cover corners in the league, a top ten defensive player. Let's put him at the twelfth best cornerback. <laughs> oh my freaking gosh! You, you can't make this stuff you, up. Do you want me to tell you what Tua's ranking is for for Madden? <laughs> sure. He's Why listed. At, he's listed as a seventy-eight. Oh, are you serious? They're giving him a C plus grade. Oh my! He's what, what I think is is so funny about this is that you look at Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, <laughs> and the weapons around him. Who do you think is throwing this guy the ball? Yet you have disrespected Tua on a national level, on a video game level, on a fantasy level. Like Tua is literally about to be the biggest steal and biggest win for any franchise, and the disrespect just continues. Oh, I, I just I can't even do it anymore. I can't. I'm just so I'm I sick. Can't wait. I'm sick to my stomach. I can't wait for the season to begin. That's why I'm so happy because I I know it's just stupid training camp. Okay, I get it. I know, but it's know. exciting because. Now we're getting ready for the preseason, but I'm so excited, even extra this year, because I just cannot wait for these guys to get on the field and start showing people how things really are. 78, you know, Chris Sims ranking like Tyrod Taylor in the same breath as as Tua on his you know top 40 quarterbacks list. I'm surprised Tua is even in his, in his top 40 at this point. 
I, I mean, know. honestly, I'm surprised he even made it. Like, that's uh, where we are with, with the, the level of disrespect that we continuously see for this team and the best players on this team. It's just, it's infuriating. I mean, there's people that, there's actually people out there, Diener, that agreed with Chris Sims' list of having Tyler Huntley that's right next guy. to yes. Tua Tungavailoa on the top 40 quarterback list. Tyler Huntley, baby! Woo! We, we got his name right this time. I'm a big Tyler Huntley guy. <laughs> my gosh, man. Well, again, I just I, I can't wait for things to really get ramp up here, get into the regular season. And it's just it's just gonna they, they are going to have so much egg on their face. I'm trying to be PG right now. I could say something else. But they're gonna have egg all over their face, smeared yolk, omelets, scrambled eggs poached eggs everywhere all over their face when this season begins and the Dolphins start to show out and Tua starts to show out with Tyree Kill and Xavier Howard has like 14 interceptions through four games. I can't give it all to me. I want it all. I can't wait. Give it all. I just can't wait to be front seat, front row and center to the meteoric rise of not only Tua, but this Miami Dolphins team. Like I, I cannot wait for him to just shut up all the naysayers. I'm really just I really just want to know what how are they going to feel when the Dolphins offense is right on par with the Dolphins defense and this team is just rolling. I I just can't wait to see the excuses that they come up with. But you will will be sure of one thing to play all their ridiculous takes on this show so you yep. could hear what they said before yep. to what they're saying now. Oh, I'll play them all. I'm gonna play yeah. them all. Yeah. And we could have, we we could literally have a show just of these miserable takes from other analysts, that's so-called what we're do. analysts. I was about to say that's what we'll do. Yeah. Give it to yeah. like mid-October. Yep. When things are really you know really up there and and everyone's going to see that. And mid-October, it's just going to be forty-five minutes of cold takes, bad takes, really just awful things that they've been saying. And we're just going to sit here like this. We're going to stare at the screen. That's it. On YouTube, and we're just gonna stare, sit here, and stare as we play the the montage of gas bags who trash this team and trash Tua and everything about this team, and it's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be it's gonna be wonderful. I'm just gonna sit here my, and eat popcorn as we listen to it. The only thing I'm doing is crossing my fingers and hoping that we stay healthy. We have to stay. And that's the bottom healthy. line. That's what it always comes down to for sure. Right. And speaking but, of that, yes, yes, go ahead. There is somebody who's healthy now. Oh. Raheem Mostert. He's back, baby. He's back. He's, he got the clearance earlier this week. The running back room just got a little bit more full. And you and I are really excited for, for Mostert. You know, people forget he was kind of like the secret sauce for the 49ers when they went up against the Chiefs a few years ago in, in the uh, Super Bowl. Obviously, yes. Debo was great and they had an awesome defense. I, I get that. But Mostert was really kind of like, again, the secret sauce, the secret weapon. He was the X factor on that team that made it really hard for defenses when they went up against the 49ers. He was, and, and this is going back to 2019. Um, Mostert became the starter a little bit later in the season. Right. And in, in a six-game span, had over 700 and, well, had 772 rushing yards eight rushing touchdowns, ran for 5.6 yards a carry, and also had two receiving touchdowns. So in a very short time span, had a very, very productive season, and like you said, Diener, helped lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Yeah, 
That's right. So, and now again, he's one of the fastest guys in the league. So it adds to the speed of this team, which we already know about. But also, it, it kind of it leaves the Dolphins with a tough situation, right? Yes. That running back room pretty crowded, and you have a guy in there in Miles Gaskin. Because look, they also got Chase Edmonds. Okay, don't forget we got him from from the Cardinals as well. And you got Miles Gaskin. You got Ahmed uh, um, there. And the question becomes, who is the odd man out? Do you keep four running backs? And and not to also to mention Sony Michelle. And Sony Michelle, so you have five. <laughs> yeah. So there's five NFL starting quality running backs on this team. It's the deepest this this running back room has has pretty much ever been since the yeah. Ronnie and Ricky days. Yeah. And anybody, any one of these guys could be the starter. It's really hard to to figure out who's going to be the starter, who's going to be the leading rusher for this team, because they're all going to have different types of of, of role in Mike McDaniel's offense. That's what he. That's one thing he likes to do, and one thing he always did was keep his running back fresh. So it will be a running back by committee. Maybe not the best news for all you fantasy fans out there, right. but in terms of of running down a defense and uh, you know time management and just killing drives off of a clock. This isn't going to be a Dolphins team where every drive is going to be four plays, 80 yards and a touchdown. You're going to want to see the 15 to 18 plays because it just wears down a defense. And when you have that much speed and a combination of power on the field, it's going to be exciting. But Diener, I mean, what happens with uh, a guy like miles Gaskin? That's right. That's a good question. You know, is, is it, it really just depends on, how they decide to handle their roster spots. You only have so many, right? 53-man roster. So are you going to use five running backs and then you only have 48 spots left? I don't see that happening. I think at most, at most, they keep four. So that puts Salvin Ahmed or Miles Gaskin out the door because I don't think they get rid of Sony Michelle. Now, again, it's, we still have to play this out during preseason and training camp. Yes. Right, so maybe Sony Michelle, you think he's going to be really good, or at least you know be a good third down back. I know he's you know not like a, pre- a premier back, but he can catch on the backfield. He's a good blocking back. Okay, but if things aren't going the way that the Dolphins thought they were going to, as why they brought him in, maybe Sony Michelle goes out the door. I mean, Ahmed and and Gaskin looked good last year, especially he led the league in in rushing. Gaskin did. So I mean, are you just gonna? See those guys go out the door? I mean, not that you cut them. I think there's trade value in Gaskin, at least. I'm and that's gonna be I a storyline to watch, you know, how this running back room plays out. There is. And another interesting thing about Miles Gaskin is he also gets it done at, at the receiving aspect. He yeah. was one of the in terms of quarterback rating, he was one of the highest targeted running backs in the NFL last season. So he shows you that he's a dual threat. He can also block pretty well, um, you know, for, for d- despite his, his size, he's not, he's not one of the bigger backs, but he's still a, a valuable piece to have in this offense because injuries can't happen. But you, uh, one of the, uh, the teams that I saw might have interest is the New York giants. Okay. Uh, we don't really know the health of Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. behind Barkley. There's, they're not a really loaded running back room. I saw that they might be interested in somebody like, um, you know, Gaskin or maybe Ahmed. So, We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see if somebody if if injuries during the preseason or training camp happen because we know there's going to be some type of injuries. We just don't sure. know how long we're going to hold on to 
the five running backs that we have yeah. now, we know that three of them are at least a lock. But as far as the other two, it's th- there's a big question mark. And there's definitely trade value in Gaskin. There I mean, is. There's, there, yeah, there's no doubt about that. So if it's the Giants, that feels like a good spot for him. I mean, it feels like they could probably get something decent, maybe like a fourth-round pick for, for Gaskin, third-round pick possibly, if you can try to squeeze that out there. Um, right. But, hey, look, you know, at least they get a pick for, for next exactly. year. So if that's what ends up happening, we'll see. Because you would think going into the season, you correct me if you think I'm wrong, but Mostert and Edmonds are the one and two backs. Yes, for sure. Just and, on and paper. I think there's a huge possibility that Sony Michelle finds a, a role late because he is the biggest body on the yeah. roster. He's used to that, you know, full season of work. Um, he's had success with the Patriots and uh, the the last year's Super Bowl champion Rams. So bringing him along, you know, the the last maybe eight games of the season, he sh- should carve up some kind of a role for him. We don't. The truth is, we don't know how long Raheem Mostert is going to last. He's had two knee injuries over there you know, in a in a very very short time. So it is important to keep these running backs. But I do agree with you, Diener. I think that um, Raheem Mostert's going to be the early down guy, and and Chase Edmonds is is going to really light it up from a, a pass catching perspective but yeah. this guy this guy could run in, inside the tackles too average 5 yards a carry last True. year so these running backs they're they're not ranked that high but collectively they can make some moves and so that's that those are the running backs right yes. so we're going to keep an eye on that another thing to, to keep an eye on is another crowded room there's <laughs> a yeah. lot of really crowded conference rooms there meeting rooms Miami Dolphins training facility uh, because the wide receivers just got another addition in yes. Mohamed Sanu, who just signed yesterday on Tuesday with the Miami Dolphins, former, you know, Falcon and also 49er. Did he play for the Patriots at one point too? I think he did, he did. right? Yeah, he, he, he did. Yeah. So uh, Belichick was actually one of the first teams to trade for Mohamed Sanu. I think they gave up like an early draft pick just because of his, his understanding of right. the offense and what they asked a guy like Mohamed Sanu to do. Um, his experience in a young uh, receiving core is, is invaluable. And one of the things I did like about this signing is that it gives you a veteran presence, uh, somebody that has, um, you know, had a pretty productive NFL career. But the best thing about Sanu is that it's his inability to understand an offense quickly and mm. its ability to block downfield, which is really important in a Mike McDaniel offense. That's true. And, and now, but McDaniel did coach him for eight games last season it went on on San Francisco. So it's a guy right. that he's familiar with. You know, it's an easy pickup for him because they know each other. But again, you talk about a room that's really crowded. It's Tyree Kill. Also, of course, brings a veteran presence. But, you know, it's Sanu's been around a, l- a little bit longer. Right. Obviously, Jalen Waddell, you know, Gasecki, Preston Williams. You know, we just yep. and we also got uh, what's his name there from Dallas. Um, Cedric Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson. So I mean, there's there's a lot of options, and not to mention the guys out of the backfield who we were just talking about. So there's a lot of options for Tua for this team on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to wide receivers. Do you see Mohamed Sanu sticking around? I mean, it's not like he's you know uh, washed up. I b- do believe he could play a role on this team, especially like you said, veteran leadership in a young locker room at that position. So. It's just tough. I mean, is he does he end up making the final roster because of everybody else that they already have there? I wouldn't want to be the one making the, the yeah, decision right. in this room to keep <laughs> that to figure out who the fourth, fifth 
wide and fourth and fifth, possibly six, but most likely it's going to be five wide receivers that make this team. But to make that decision, it's it's really hard because um, one of the you know moves that the Dolphins made also is they they brought Wes Welker back to Miami and he's the wide receivers coach right. for this team. So he, Mike McDaniel, they're going to see who gets uh, the best op- you know who gives them the best opportunity to succeed. And but I think with Mohamed Sanu is even though he's a veteran. I think that he's brought in, uh, being brought in to really motivate the younger guys to say, oh, you know what? I, I wouldn't. It, it's kind of harsh to call him a camp body, but that's what I think Mohamed Sanu is right now. I think he's going to be that motivation for the younger talent. Um, there, there's a couple more receivers that kind of went under the radar that played for the 49ers last year. Trent Sherfield and River Craycraft, who actually were – our big Wes Welker guys, and he wanted to bring them over from the 49ers to Miami. They also have a shot to make the fourth and fifth wide receiver spots too. But I, I'm going to take a, a just a, a guess here and just say that Sanu doesn't make the team. Mm. I think one, they're going to go with one of these younger talents. And we haven't really seen Preston Williams in you know in a full healthy form yet. He's True. been injured for the majority of his career, but this is a guy that can easily snatch that fourth wide receiver job and. Yeah. It'll it'll work wonders if he can go against these, you know, some of these third, fourth string cornerbacks. Yes, that's true too. So we'll see how, and that's I think that's it right there, Mackie. Is we have to wait and see how camp plays out, how preseason plays out, and how all these guys kind of you know end up fitting together in the Mike McDaniel yes. scheme, and you know how they really just come together here, and who ends up yeah. being the uh, most promising receiver when it comes to those fourth and fifth guys, because we know it's. It's Tyreek and Jalen Waddell and Cedric Wilson is your one, two, three. Of course, you have Gasecki as your main tight end. But then the question becomes, you know, who's the fourth? Who's the fifth? So that's, is there going to be a fifth? Yeah. Right. My, I mean, my, are predi- they my, pre- my prediction that? is, my prediction is that um, Sanu is, you know, a, a really good football minded player. And he does all the things right that you asked him to do. Doesn't have True. any, you know, outstanding abilities like he's not the fastest player in the league he's got solid hands but he's just a very good nfl wide receiver but i'm going to take a prediction say that he doesn't make the team to motivate some of these younger guys that have also the same but yet better opportunity with their experience all right we're gonna find out we're gonna keep an eye on it and i like predictions by the way so we're gonna get into a couple of predictions here i'm sure with the pick six when we do that coming up in just a bit at the end of the show and predictions from the usa today As far as where they see the 2022 season going, we're going to get into that in just a minute. But before we do, we're talking about the preseason, Mackie. I think we should look ahead. What do you what do you say? You want to look ahead a little bit? Of course. All right. Let's we love that. Let's let's dive into the future. Yes, please. I love looking ahead. Because we talk about training camp, we talk about preseason, you know, letting these guys come uh, come together, how they're going to look. So who are they playing in the first preseason game? Unless you are a diehard Super Dolphins fan and you sleep with the schedule under your pillow to help you memorize it, you probably don't know off the top of your head who they play in the first game. Well, that's what we're going to do is going to tell you. Can you believe this, Ryan Mackey? Yes. Can you believe that the first preseason game is just a little over two weeks away? You're talking Saturday, August 13th. Dolphins at the Buccaneers is your first preseason game. Just about two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. Next Thursday is the Hall of Fame game. There is going to be football on TV next Thursday 
I don't even care. It's a terrible game. I don't even care. It's the Raiders against the Jaguars, and you're going to have third-string guys playing against each other. Give it to me. Take those third stringers and inject them into my veins. Put it it. in a needle, stick it in my arm, and give me third stringers on a Thursday night. I'm ready to go because it's going to be football on my television next Thursday night. Raiders, Jaguars, I don't even care who it is because it's going to be on. I'm just ready for my fiance's criticisms of, oh, it, it's only preseason football. No, it's not. No, it's not only preseason football. Do you know the guys that are trying to make this roster to That's make right. this camp before the season starts? That's it right. is not just the preseason. There, there are, there's excite, like everybody is, is getting ready just for the start of the regular season, but give me all of it. Give me the third stringers. Give me the fourth Let's stringers. Go. Give me T, uh, give me the mascot TD. Yes. I, I can't wait. Yes. I can't wait. You can't forget about TD. That's right. No. But no. So two and a half weeks, the Dolphins play their first game at Tampa Bay, who, by the way, they just added Julio Jones. So Tom Brady's three options are Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Julio Jones. That's not a bad deal. That's no. uh, going to be a very interesting team to watch on the NFC side this year. Then the second game at home against the Raiders, who we just mentioned, they have the Thursday night Hall of Fame game next week. So that's your home opener for the preseason for the Miami Dolphins on uh, Saturday, August 20th. That's a 7 p.m. game. By the way, the August 13th game is a 7.30 game. Then you have August 27th. We mentioned them uh, here, Mackie, just a little while ago. They're their training partner, I guess you can say, their sparring partner in this uh, preseason training camp in the next month, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they're going to be going up against each other in the preseason as well. In the, remember, third and final preseason game we don't have yeah. those four games anymore unless you're playing the the hall of fame games so those are the three games that's and i'm trying to remember because last year was the i think the first season where they had the three games because i believe in the in the covid season of 2020 there was no preseason at all no and then they changed the rules so yeah last year was the first time with three games and i'm trying to remember off the top of my head which one ended up being the dress rehearsal game i feel like the third game a lot of guys played last year. Yeah, they, they did. They, they did, did they, right? They played the first half of the the third preseason game. So okay, that was pretty much the the dress rehearsal for you know for for every team. Yeah, because you need time to at least get more reps. I mean, there's there's not as many games to do that. So obviously, you know, the first game is going to be probably the first couple of series, but of then things are going to ramp up in the second and the third games. You want to get things straight before. The first game of the season, which is Patriots-Dolphins on uh, Sunday, September 11th, actually. And it's the 1 o'clock game in Miami to start the regular season campaign for this year of 2022. Man, I cannot wait for that. But I, I can't wait either. And we talked about it all show long. This team finally has depth. Yeah. And it's really important for these guys to make a statement in the preseason. So that gives you even more incentive to watch because these third stringers, fourth stringers... A lot of these guys could be NFL starters, not just on our team, but possibly, you know, giving an audition for another team like a Miles Gaskin. Sure. This is a really important preseason for him. Maybe some team tries to trade us you know, a late round draft pick for him. So a lot of opportunity, and I can't wait for this preseason to start. This oh, is going man. to be one a, a really interesting one to get us ready for week one at home against the rival. New England Patriots. And there's going to be plenty of time to get into the entire schedule as the season goes on. So we'll we'll wait on that. But before we get to the pick six, Mackie, 
This is something that we got incensed about where Xavier Howard is ranked in Madden and things like that. Yeah. This here is... We could probably do a whole show on this, and I know we've been going long already, so I'll try not to go too long on this, but I, I have to mention it. The USA Today came out with their uh, predictions for the, for the season for all 32 teams. They have the Dolphins. Do you want know to guess? Before I say anything, let's do that. I want you to guess where you think the USA Today, not where you think the Dolphins are going to finish, where the USA Today has the Dolphins' final record, and do they make the playoffs or not? What do you think the USA Today has? This is a wild guess, but I've, I've been reading that a, a common theme is a lot of these sources are, are saying the Dolphins will win nine games this season. <laughs> you are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. Again, lazy, lazy take from a national media. Got it. The USA Today has Miami's finishing with the same record as last year, by the way. At nine and eight, third in the AFC East, behind the ten and seven Patriots. Oh, okay. So oh, here's okay. I'll go through the rest of the list, and then we can react to the Dolphins. They have the Chiefs winning the West. They have the Ravens winning the North. Of course, I'm in the AFC first. They have the Colts winning the South with a record of nine and eight, and they have the Bills. Okay, talk about opposite giving disrespect and giving love. They have the Bills. Winning the East, which is fine. I think you and I even agree with that. Right. But they have them winning with a record of 15-2. and 15-2. He's gone. I made him leave. He's, he took out his headphones and he's gone. I'm on the show by myself. I, I did it. We haven't reached for his preseason game, and I made Mackie tap out with the USA Today prediction. Of the Bills going 15-2. and two. Stop it. Are you just serious? Stop, just stop it right now. 15 and... No one's going 15-2! and two. No. I hate to break it to you, USA Today. No, no one's one. going 15-2. and two. No one. That doesn't happen anymore. Okay? There's way too much parity in this league. It just... Unless you're an outlier, like the Patriots when they almost went undefeated, but Plexico Burris put a hobnail boot in their face with that touchdown in the Super Bowl. Gosh, did I ever tell you I thanked him in person? I saw Plexico Burris at a Chuck E. Cheese a few months after that Super Bowl, and I thanked him in person for beating the Patriots and preserving the Dolphins' perfect record. Oh, what, yes. a, what a Super Bowl that was. It was beautiful. Man, I broke furniture in that in that year. That was, it was yeah, wonderful. That was, that was they, one for the record books. They, they, but it sure was. But they do have I, the Patriots making the playoffs, by the way. The three wild cards, the Patriots at 10-7, and seven, the Bengals at 12-5. and five. Sure. I mean, I, no disagreeing there. Um, and the Chargers at 11-6. and six. So that's according to the USA Today. So in the AFC, they have the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Colts, the Bills, and then the wild cards, the Chargers, the Bengals, and the Patriots. So, so, let, so let me no Titans, no Dolphins, no Raiders, no Steelers, no Broncos, no Browns. Those are your teams in the AFC, according to the USA Today. So let me get this straight. Yes. <laughs> they have... Okay, so they, they put the Dolphins at nine wins. Woo! So they're, they're going to have the same win total as last year with all these offseason additions. That's right. The same the same win That's total? Right. Yes, the same win total. And then, but Nothing yet, changes. It, but yet they, they have the Bills winning 15 games? <laughs> you can't Why? Stuff up. I don't know. 
Who writes these things? I don't know. Who decides these things? I <laughs> blame the writer. I blame the editor. I blame the news source. I blame all of you for <laughs> allowing this garbage to be put out there. It's incredible. Here's, listen, listen. If you are a and I'm, I'm you could do anybody could do whatever <laughs> they want with their money, but if you are a gambling and betting man, please <laughs> do yourself a favor and take. The over nine yes. wins for the Miami Dolphins. Actually, I think Vegas has it even lower. I think they're, I might be wrong about this, but I think Vegas has it at seven. I think. I got I to gotta make sure. I could be wrong about that. I'll, I'll try to fact check myself here. Stall for me. Win yourself some money and take the over for the Miami Dolphins. It just doesn't make any sense. Now think about this. We Our offensive line was abysmal last season right we made upgrades right away with the armstead signing with the connor williams signing yep we've done it should be a one eight a complete 180 in terms of pass blocking run blocking offensive efficiency we just traded for the most electric wide receiver in tyree kill which gives us a team full of track stars and we've talked about not only on the offensive side but on the defensive side as well. So and really, it, it just it blows my mind how you can say that we're just only going to win nine games, but then our division rival, and we both, like we said, like you said, Diener, we both think the Bills are going to win the division. Sure. But at 15 wins, 15 <laughs> wins, this team lost to the Jaguars. And I know we did too, but they lost to the it's Jaguars true. last season. Yes. Weird things happen in the NFL. And I will guarantee that the Bills will not win 15 games no. this year. Stop it. Stop. I'll make two guarantees with you. Bills will not win 15 games. And the Dolphins, the number is eight and a half. So I think both of us are going over eight and a half win total for the Miami Dolphins. I said it before. I think they go uh, 11 and six. This is a playoff team. They get the wild card at 11 and six. I do see I, the Bills winning at least 12 games, but not 15. No, it's not happening. I think the, I think the Dolphins take a wild card spot. Like you, Diener, you mentioned this a, a couple weeks ago. You think the Dolphins will win a playoff game this, this yes, season. I did say that. That's right. And yep. I will also say that the Dolphins win anywhere between 10 and 11 games. But your your 11-win prediction, I'm, I'm all for that. I can't see how this team doesn't win 10 games or more this season. I'm with you, man. And by the way, just, to, just, just for giggles, I'll give you the rest of uh, for the NFC side. They have the Rams... Uh, the Packers, the Buccaneers, thirteen and four. That's the high mark in the NFC, according to the USA Today. That's attainable for the, for the Buccaneers. Uh, the Eagles at eleven and six. Wow, Jalen Hurts having a big season, I guess, for the Eagles. So those are your four division winners. And then they have the 49ers, who were it's Trey Lance's team. They came out and said that yesterday. Garoppolo, whether he stays there or he's gone, it's Trey Lance's team. So the USA Today has the 49ers. And the Saints and the Cowboys for your wild card teams, uh, ten and seven records, and the Saints at nine and eight. So that's where uh, they have things in the NFC. I'm taking so. the over in Miami, and I'm also taking the over on Denver. I, I think they proved big things this year as well. That's Denver's going to be tough. Yeah, that, uh, I'm, I'm with you. AFC West is going to be locked and loaded. They have quarter. They have great quarterback play in that entire division. Yeah. All those games are going to be a toss-up. Really, really fun to watch. You get a lot of primetime spots in those positions. So I, I have a lot of belief that Russell Wilson will do big things with Denver. And I also believe in Tua. So I think that the, the Broncos and the Dolphins take the over on both of them. 
How about this one? I'll just say this real quick, and then we'll we'll finish off with the pick six here today because I think we're sitting a record for the longest podcast. Ever I, right I don't now. know. I don't know if I could take any more. Oh no! No, <laughs> get ready for this. Get ready. I'm so stressed out. They have the Lions. USA Today has the Detroit Lions with a record of eight and nine. So they have the Dolphins one win better than the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Let that sink in. I, I don't think I want to do this show anymore. <laughs> I think I'm calling it early. I'm calling it quits early. With, 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 <laughs> do you even have any strength left? You need to do a pick six. Do you have any one more left? win. One more. The Dolphins will only have one more win than the Lions. One. <sighs> one. One more win. The Dolphins are one game better than the Detroit Lions, according to the USA Today. I know if you're not watching on YouTube right now, again, if you're not watching it live on YouTube as we do this, you could always go back to YouTube and search No Name Defense, Miami Dolphins podcast. And if you even just want to fast forward to one hour and four minutes into the show, you can do that just so you can see the look of Ryan Mackey's face where I swear to you, I thought he was about to vomit. The look on his face just now. If you fast forward to one minute, four, one hour and four minutes, you will see Ryan Mackey physically turn green and almost vomit when he, when he realized that the USA Today has the Lions at eight and nine and the Dolphins at nine and eight for this season. I'm not only going to vomit, I'm going to projectile all over this microphone. I, I cannot take it anymore. Let's just, we, we have to go to the pick six now. We it. have to get this over with Let's because I'm it. literally like, my, my stomach is in knots. It's insane. It is turning right now. We, we got to go. It's insane. It's, it's unreal. By the way, they have the worst record in the league. I just want to throw this out there. In the league, the Falcons with 2-15. and 15. Ouch. Ooh. So they, according tough. to the USA Today, the Falcons will have the worst record and get the number one pick next year. Right, but Chris Sims has Marcus Mariota rated higher than Tua in his quarterback ranking. I mean, got it. It's a given. It. It's a given. So on got that it. note, <laughs> Mr. Ryan Mackey, are you ready, sir, to finish strong here after this marathon of frustration <laughs> on a pick six? Are you good? Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm here for it. Let's All right, go. I got the music ready. So let's do. This go. I know you can't hear on YouTube. I'm sorry, but if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear it. All right, let's start off with running backs. Who okay. will lead the Dolphins in rushing touchdowns this season? Ooh, that's a good one. By the way, if you're not familiar with this, Mackie throws me six questions, and I try to answer them as quick as I can, kind of like in a rapid fire type of session. But I normally, and just a you know gas bag that I am, I talk too much. So we'll see how I do here. Who's going to lead the team in touchdowns? Running backs? Oh, rushing touchdowns? Oh. Ah. Chase Edmonds. Just because he's, of, he's more of a goal line guy. So I'm going Chase Edmonds. Got it. Out of all 32 starting quarterbacks, this doesn't include Tyler Huntley. <laughs> where will Tua finish in terms of completion percentage? He finished seventh last season. Top three. Can I say that? It's kind of a cop out. A top three. No. Okay. Perfectly fine. Okay. Is Mohamed Sanu a camp body or legit roster spot? Oh, man, that's a tough one. We were, we were breaking this down earlier, and I still don't really know how to answer it. I think he actually does end up making the team. I think he's going to be a solid. I do see this team keeping five receivers, so he makes that cut for me and, you know, gets a couple of big third down catches during the season. I'll go with that. 
we talked about uh, video games a little bit earlier. Um, what was your favorite year for the video game franchise with, with Madden? Whoa. For Madden, man, I got to tell you, I'm old, okay? So I'm, I'm going back to like the 2004 era, even 2005 with like Dante Culpepper on the front or Mike Vick. Mike Vick. Making your own. Oh, my gosh, man. Those were good ones. Making your own team, making your own playbook, things like that. You had the the, uh, the uh, hit stick first came out. Yes. Oh, my God. I loved it. Oh, I loved man. It. Those those, go, those were good ones. I'll go with Madden 04 with Vic on the cover. That was just an, a, a remarkable game and a soundtrack. Best yes. soundtrack in Madden history. Yes, you're right. That was a great soundtrack. And off the board, by the way, NCAA 05, I think also amazing oh yeah yeah i can't wait sure. and those games are coming back out soon by the way those ncaa games but all right go on <laughs> they are if you were owner for a day and could make one permanent change for the dolphins what would it be oh my gosh i if i was owner for the day for the miami dolphins i would invent a time machine go back in that time machine and stop us from bringing in mike tannenbaum <laughs> that's what i would do <laughs> One day. I love I love that answer. <laughs> give me give me one day. And I'm going back in time and I'm erasing Mike Tannenbaum from the franchise history. That's all I need. Give me one day. That's what I'll do. So I'm taking it easy on you with, with this week, but this is the last question of okay. the six. How many games will you be attending this season? I'm gonna try to go to one. And I don't wanna come off as a fake fan. You know, we do the show and the people are gonna say, Oh what, you don't want to go into one game? Listen, if you're not familiar with the area, I live in Port St. Lucie. Port St. Lucie is a solid two hours from Miami. Solid two hours, especially on game day traffic. So it's a pretty rough drive. So I'm going to try to make it to one game, barring any press passes that we receive. Maybe I'll go to a couple more, but at least one. I got to try to go to at least one. Otherwise, I'll be sitting in front of my TV and watching Red Zone Channel on my iPad and the game on my TV. So, there you go. There you go. Either. Well, you are off the hot seat. Mike. All right. I did it. Woo. <laughs> we did another one. Man, this was fun. I, you know, yes. we haven't got to do this in a few weeks. And so I'm so happy that COVID is out of my, my system, my family system. Weddings are done. Crazy babysitting schedules are done. I got my life together. So we were able to come back here today. And get this thing going full speed ahead at this point for the rest of the preseason, training camp, and into the season as we approach September. It's fantastic. I love it. It is. And with preseason on August 13th, game one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, put your seatbelts on because it is going to be a great ride. Two weeks away. And we're going to be here with you for that entire ride. And we can't wait to spend every second of it with you through the good and the bad. We'll be here. So... Ryan Mackey, thank you, sir. We'll do it again next week? Yes, sir. All right, next week, as always. That is the plan. So we'll be back again next week right here on YouTube Live. If you want to subscribe, all you got to do is uh, subscribe on my YouTube channel. That's where all the different various videos that I do, different podcasts you can find, and you'll get the alert of when we come on here live. Usually 
Wednesday mornings. We come on here to do this about 10, 30, 11 o'clock or so Eastern time. So you'll get the alerts around then if you want to join in on the live conversation. But of course, anytime you can catch up on YouTube, just search No Name Defense Miami Dolphins podcast. You'll find the videos. You can see uh, Mackie almost throw up at an hour and four minutes into the show. And walk away. <laughs> and walk away as well at about 58 <laughs> minutes into the show. And of course, anywhere you get your podcast, if you're just listening on an audio format, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts, and always on FoxSports640.com. So, Mackie, we'll do it again next week. Thank you, sir. It's great to be back. Stephen Dina right here. Ryan Mackie right there. We'll talk to you guys next time. And go Dolphins.